Hello, and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here, and let's dive in. hope everyone is having a beautiful day. So a client requested this topic. So I said that I would do a live on it. I talk about this topic a lot kind of throughout my other, you know, episodes and trainings and all of that. But I was like, I don't know if I've ever done an episode just on this topic. So here we are. So the topic for today is big trauma versus little t trauma. A lot of people are confused on kind of, you know, is the word trauma being overused and what actually is trauma because it's such a buzzword that goes around and what, you know, when is it actually appropriate to use that word? So my understanding of trauma has shifted a lot since doing this nervous system work on myself with my mentor. So when I was in grad school, I learned mostly about I would say both, but we focused a lot on big trauma. So what is big T trauma? Big T trauma is anything that is a very big near-death experience. So for example, my medical trauma when I was a baby, for those that know my story, know that I had childhood leukemia from ages two to four and a half. And at four and a half, I got a 108 fever and I almost died. I was unconscious. I, you know, got fed through my catheter and that was big T trauma because it was a near death experience. Other examples of big T trauma is what's happening in the world right now and in, in the Middle East and other parts of the world that are experiencing war and genocide and hate crimes and violence and, you know, watching other loved ones die, um, you know, murder, uh, attack, fire, um, car accidents, like big T trauma, like something where you have a near-death experience. Little T trauma is described, I'm going to forget who, let's see if I can remember this name. I'm blanking on the name, but there's a person in the trauma world that describes it as a little million, uh, a million little paper cuts. Little T trauma is relational trauma. So relational trauma is any time that you do not get your emotional needs met. Emotional needs consist of feeling heard, feeling seen, feeling safe, feeling held, feeling attuned to. Attuned to is not the same as love. Attunement means that the caregiver is in tune with the child's emotions. So this means that if child is upset, parent shows understanding that they see that child is upset and is there to be with the child in their emotion, not to necessarily try and fix the emotion or, you know, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, this example just popped in my mind. I used to be a nanny. I would babysit from the time I was like 13. I was always kind of just this natural caretaker role. And also as partially my codependency. (laughs) So I was babysitting for this family where they said, 
you know, we're doing this method where if he cries, we want you to let him cry. And this goes against like just my nature of like, if someone is crying, I just want to hold them. You know, I want to comfort them. And so this baby starts crying and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Like I have to be the one to just put my own views on this aside. This is not my child. I have to do it. You know, I'm hired to do. And so I'm like waiting it out, waiting out. They are not stopping. So eventually I'm like, okay, I go up and they're crying because their baby fell out of the crib. So it wasn't one of those things where like, oh, they just needed to stop crying and soothe themselves. Like they literally had their pacifier fall out of the crib and was just trying to get it and trying to get their, their needs met, right? The need of getting their binky back in the crib. And so what do they do to try and get the knee met? They, they say that um, they do whatever they can to get the, the attention. So in that moment, I just had this wave of guilt over me of like, oh my God, here I am thinking that I'm like participating in this emotional regulation training, but really it was just like they needed the binky and you could argue, well, you know, they could learn how to soothe without the binky. But again, like that is, that's a whole other thing. And that's the child's safety in that moment is they know that binky equals soothing, right? So I have this guilt of like, oh, if only I just gave them their binky. So that was just an example of like, a child will do anything that they need to do to get their needs met. And sometimes that need is something as simple as handing back the binky or, um, you know, client or client. If the child feels upset about something that, you know, they know that someone's going to be there to give them that attention, to help them feel understood. So relational trauma, little t trauma, those paper cuts is any time that you did not get that attunement, which is all of us, we all have trauma. Trauma simply is a word to describe disconnection from yourself, disconnection from parts of yourself that you felt like you needed to repress. And we see this, especially with men, because society has conditioned men to repress so much and not show that it's safe to feel those emotions, right? Think about your parents. Did they treat you know, you differently as a boy than your sister, or, you know, was it more acceptable for, you know, the girl in your family to express emotion? I just dove into all of this in my other podcast, the real men heal podcast with my co-leader, Anna. We did a whole episode talking about the differences of how men and women are conditioned to relate to their emotions. So yeah, basically little T is Anytime you did not get that attunement, anytime that you felt so misunderstood or invalidated or not seen or not attuned to. And oftentimes we focus on what did happen, like, oh, this happened where, you know, mom said this and it hurt my feelings or the kids at school did this. And yes, all of that is important to acknowledge. And also a lot of trauma is what didn't happen. So it's those moments that you didn't get the hug, that you didn't get the eye contact from mom and dad, that you didn't get to see dad on Christmas when he said he would show up. I'm just making up random examples, but you get the point. It's like, it's a lot of what didn't happen. And so why is this threatening to our survival as a child? Well, if our parents don't understand us and they don't know how to meet our needs, then it can feel threatening of my needs are dependent on this person outside of myself. My survival is dependent on this person outside of myself. And so if they don't know how to 
meet my needs, not just physical needs of food, water, shelter, safety, but emotional needs, which also creates safety in the relationship and builds that secure attachment for the child, then there's that fear placed in the child as, you know, well, how am I going to get my needs met? So this then shows up in relationships where you either have under control of your emotion, you have over control of your emotion, you don't feel safe to have all parts of you be seen. So then you rely on, you know, certain addictive behaviors, drinking, pot, porn, video games, TV, whatever it might be to numb or distract away from that emotion that you learned was not safe. And so how do we heal this? First, we heal in relationship. We have that reparative experience of having a safe grounded nervous system who has done the work on themselves to not be reactive or triggered, or even if they do get reactive or triggered, they, they're aware enough of their own shit <laughs> that they can say, oh, sorry, that was my own trigger coming up rather than projecting that onto the person. So that's why I focus on relational healing because I become the reparative, securely attached figure for your inner child to have that reparative experience of all those times that you felt invalidated. I'm here to validate you in the sense of I'm here to see you, to hold you, to witness you, but not validate your inaccurate perceptions that might be happening based on that trauma because our trauma disconnects us from our truth. So, you know, when I was in grad school learning about like big T trauma and severe PTSD and all of that, like, and we also talked about, you know, a little bit about relational trauma, but when I started doing this work with my mentor, I realized like, oh, trauma really, we only think about it as this like big, big thing, like the big T trauma, but we don't really talk enough about how this little T trauma actually can lead to big T trauma. Like if we do not get our emotional needs met in relationships, and this is even as adults, if we don't get those needs met, we will turn to maladaptive ways of coping. We will turn to addictions. What do you think happens when people enter serious addiction? Gabor Mate describes addiction as an attachment disorder, that they are not securely attached to themselves or others, and they are disconnected. And so they rely on this addiction to numb that fear, numb that pain, or to just avoid themselves. And what do you think happens when you enter addiction? You can be at risk for life-threatening trauma, right? Or even like high-level addiction is considered big T trauma if you are risking or you are engaging in really risky behaviors. And, um, you know, think about how many people pass away from overdose. Like that in and of itself, that big T trauma that causes so many deaths all started with little t trauma. So if we do not process our little t trauma, it absolutely can lead to bigger t trauma. Like, um, for example, medical trauma, if I did not process my medical trauma, my body would still learn and relate through sickness. It would still understand, oh, I get attention from being sick. So I'm going to keep getting sick. And my body not feeling safe to release that sickness could have ended up with bigger sickness that could have landed to more serious big T trauma. So we have to understand that the two cannot be separated. 
little T trauma. It, and I know it sounds so minimal of like, oh, your dad didn't look you in the eye, big deal, get over it. It's like, but we are attachment-based creatures. We need to feel safe. We need to feel seen. We need to feel like all parts of ourselves are accepted. And when we don't feel like all parts of our authentic emotion, our authentic interests, our authentic desires, our authentic ways of being, and the expressions of ourselves are accepted, we then feel shame. And when we feel shame, we think we're wrong and we think we're going to be abandoned and we think that we shouldn't exist. And then that leads to bigger issues like addiction, like suicidality, like severe depression, like, you know, and it doesn't even have to be that extreme. It can be something as simple as I feel so much shame because I internalize my emotions being rejected or not seen or not held or not accepted as um, I'm wrong and I feel shame that then can lead to just not showing up in your life, not creating your life, not, you know, living your life. And it just perpetuates the survival mode. So this is what I focus on in all of my containers, my group, real men heal for men's group healing, my group come home to yourself, which is starting tomorrow. I'm so fucking excited. It starts Monday, December 4th, depending on when you're listening to this. And we still have a couple slots left. So DM me if you would like more information. But really the important part is that we all experience little T trauma. And most of us have also experienced big T trauma. We just, we have learned to minimize our experiences because we just have normalized trauma in our society. Navarmonte has a book um, called The Myth of Normal. And he talks all about how our, you know, society has just normalized these addictions and these ways of being. Like we bond over our anxiety and our depression rather than looking at, well, how can we shift this? We don't have to accept this as the norm. How can we shift this? And it starts with really looking at the ways in which you are not accepting all parts of yourself and the ways in which you do not feel connected to your authentic self or safe to express your authentic self or safe to actually be in relationship to your emotions because those emotions have not been held before. Maybe there was no space growing up for you to express those emotions, or maybe the response to those emotions were not positive ones. And so you learn for safety. Well, if I want to stick with my tribe, if I want to stick with my family and my group and my group of people, because that feels utterly terrifying to, you know, have this perceived rejection or abandonment, then I'm going to choose to sacrifice my authenticity in, uh, in the name of attachment. And that speaks to Gavramonte's concept of attachment versus authenticity, which if you don't know about Highly recommend just Google on or YouTube, Gabramate, attachment versus authenticity. And I talk about this a lot because it is so integral of how we want to shift, how we're relating so that we can actually feel connected to our authenticity rather than just living based off of what we think others will accept. Once we build that internal safety of I'm safe to accept all parts of myself, the external starts mirroring that back to us. It doesn't mean everyone's going to start accepting us all of a sudden. It means that when we accept ourselves and we actually hold our feet to the fire of looking at where we've been disconnected from ourselves for our entire lives, 
then more and more people will start to be able to meet us where we're at. And the people that don't are not meant to. They're not meant to come with you because they're on their own journey and they're not able to or whatever the reason is. So really the important part to take home from this is we all have trauma. The, severe, the severity of that trauma may differ from person to person, but look at the society we live in. Look at how you can go on you know, social media or the news and see people being murdered and killed. Like that is traumatizing because trauma is anything that is a threat to your safety, to your survival. And so if you look around and you see every, I mean, this is why I don't watch the news, like literally it's just perpetual trauma, murders, accidents, wars, genocides, like hate crime, shootings, like look at the world we live in. Addiction rates, suicidality rates, like so high, so high. And this is why I am so passionate about doing this healing work, because I believe that it is up to each and every one of us to do our own healing so that we can shift collectively out of survival mode and into how I believe, I would imagine God and universe wants us to live, which is not in survival mode, but in a ventral state, which is the state of connection, home, joy, love, peace, abundance, expansion. But we can't experience that if we are living in survival mode and we're living in survival mode because of unprocessed trauma. And we all have unprocessed trauma, literally all of us. It's not always things we can remember. It's not always these big T event traumas. Sometimes it's the things that didn't happen. It's anything that disconnects us from all parts of ourselves. So think about trauma as like disconnecting you from all these parts of yourselves. And then healing trauma is bringing all of those parts cohesively back together. So they're not fragmented. So you don't have a fragmented sense of self, but you have a strong, what's called an egoic container, a strong sense of self. And when we have unprocessed trauma, it can feel nearly impossible to have this strong sense of self. And this is what I guide my clients in every single day is helping them come home to themselves. That's why I named my group that's starting tomorrow. Come home to yourself. That's why I have my first tattoo right here. Come home to yourself. Because the more that we can come home to ourselves and process what needs to be processed, the more that we can bring all of those fragmented parts back together and realize, oh, all these parts that we've been hiding, or we might show the world one side, and then like only our romantic partners or our most close intimate relationships see these other sides. That was me. That was my anxious attachment. My anxious attachment was like, oh, I'm going to present this way. And this was unconscious. It wasn't this like intentional thing. Unconsciously, I'm like, oh, I'm going to present as this way because this feels safe and accepted. And then when I get home to my partner and we start arguing, my anxious attachment comes out, my inner child comes out, and I present in a completely different way. And so there's disconnection, right? Because at my core being, I am, you know, this regulated, grounded, wise, joyful person. But when little me comes out or when my anxious attachment comes out, that is my trauma disconnecting me from what I know to be true, which is I am safe to be my most grounded, wise, joyful, connected, brilliant, beautiful self, powerful self, right? We disconnect from our power all the damn time. We outsource our power all the damn time. 
And this is why I'm so passionate about doing this healing work. So passionate about it because this is what will change your life. So if you are ready, if you are ready to do this healing work, I have so many ways to jump in. Tomorrow, my group, Come Home to Yourself for Anxiously Attached Women. It's a small, intimate group where I hold you, I witness you, I challenge you. I hold up the mirror of where your inner child and your anxious attached behaviors are running the damn show unconsciously, bringing them to the conscious, helping you feel safe to relate differently. This affects your money, your relationships, your family, your work. It affects everything. Your nervous system, your attachment is the forefront. It's the foundation of everything else that is built off of that foundation. And so this is the, the powerful, powerful thing about group healing is you are not only witnessed by me, but all of those things that you're trying to run away from, you are then witnessed by other people who are safe, who are witnessing you and loving you. And then you realize, oh, it's not just my own shit. We're all human. We all have shit that we're repressing or this thing that I felt so ashamed of that I thought was just me. Oh, wait, someone else also can relate to this. I was so resistant to joining a group. Just ask my mentor. I was so resistant. I was like, I just want to do one-on-one -on -one forever because it feels safe, because it feels like, okay, my mentor is a safe person. She accepts me. She loves me for who I am. I can't show this to the rest of the world. It was group healing that served as that microcosm for how I would relate in the rest of the world. And now all of those disconnected parts where I would present this way and feel internally this way that external and that internal now match. So now I talk about openly, this is literally my job. I get paid to talk about this openly about times that I feel shame, about times that I feel like my inner child is running the show, about times some anxious attachment has flared up. I get to talk about it. And by talking about it, I normalize it, not normalizing it in the sense of this is so normal to feel this way. Let's just feel this way forever. But in the sense of, yes, it's normal to feel this way because we have all, we all have trauma and here's how to heal it. And here's how to shift it. And here's how I'm relating differently to it. Not, oh, here's how I'm placating to my inner child or my anxious attachment. Here's how I'm shifting it and relating and coming back home to my secure attachment, to my most grounded, authentic, powerful self. And this is the work I do with my clients as well, because you can have this clear vision of what you want in your life, how you want to feel, what you want to do for work, the dream partner you're manifesting, the dream bank account, whatever it is that you want in your life. The universe can only give you what you feel safe to receive. So you can say, oh, I want a dreamy partner, but if you're used to really toxic relationships, and I don't even really love that term because I believe every relationship is part of our healing and part of our soul's journey. But if we're repeating the same lesson over and over and over again, it's because we're not, we're not learning a lesson and then shifting. We're staying stuck. So if you're used to that, and then, you know, this, the universe gives you this dreamy partner, your nervous system is going to be like, fuck that, that feels foreign and I'm going to reject anything that's foreign because the nervous system is here to keep us alive, not to keep us happy. So we have to develop self-leadership over our nervous systems to say, oh, this feels really scary because it's new and I'm not used to this. 
but I can be with the fear and shift and choose how I'm relating anyway. That is the difference. That is the difference between placating to the inner child versus actually helping her feel safe for you to relate from your adult self to relate differently. And that is what we do. It's not about using the trauma as a valid excuse to keep doing the things and doing the behaviors and engaging in the addictions that are not serving you. It's about understanding. It's about understanding the root of these things so that we can have some context of what's happening for us. And as it's coming up, as we're getting triggered, because triggers are always historical, triggers are our little selves coming out in the present moment, that we know how to relate to them differently. Because so much of this is unconscious. And so when we bring it to the conscious, we then get to relate differently to it. But we can't do this alone because our nervous systems are literally designed to keep us alive, not happy. And so if we try and process pain alone, and I find this sometimes, and I, I'm now at this point in my healing where I often can move through a lot on my own, but there are times where that emotion is so strong that it doesn't feel safe to. And so I have to wait until I'm in my group healing container, my one-on-one -on -one with my mentor. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is coming out because my nervous system wouldn't allow me to access that when I was alone because that didn't feel safe. Because sometimes that pain is so deep that it feels like it's going to kill us, but it won't. Or that fear feels so strong that if you do the thing or make the change, it feels like you're going to die, but you won't. You might get judged. You might get rejected. You might feel like you're being abandoned. You might experience loss. You might experience pain. But all of that is in service of you choosing authenticity. And all of it is, is for your own growth. It's all happening for you so that you can really, so that when you're claiming things to the universe, the universe is like, do you actually want this? Because if you actually want this, there's going to be some pain involved or some, you know, prices that you have to pay <laughs> and it, the universe will test you. The universe will always test you, not in a bad way, but in a way of like, you say you want this, how badly do you want it? It's not going to be comfortable. So I think that's all I have for you guys today. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, always happy to, yeah, take any requests or clarify anything that, um, that needs clarifying, because I know that a lot of this can be you know, just hard to wrap your head around because we're not taught about trauma. I mean, if you go to school, like I did, I was taught about it, but to a certain extent, I wasn't even taught about it fully the way that I know about it now, because honestly, the best way to learn about trauma is to go through your own healing of it. And that's how you really get to know what trauma is. You start to realize, oh my God, so much of the way that I've been relating so many of my life choices have been based on trauma. And so then you hear people say, well, oh, it's just being overused or, um, you know, it's just being overused or it's, uh, it's just like the buzzword and da, da, da. And it's like, it's not that it's being overused. It's more so that we're realizing how much of our society and our world functions through trauma responses. You realize how much is a trauma response. 
I had someone tell me, well, everything's just a trauma response. And it's like, well, yes, many, many things are trauma responses. And again, let's not normalize that to then just keep, keep that going. Let's normalize it to understand, oh yes, that is true. And we have the power to relate differently. We have the power to shift that. We have the power to look at and get curious with ourselves. Oh, is that trauma or was that our authentic self? Because you can't be in both. You're either in your authentic power, you're in your authenticity, you're relating through authenticity, or you're relating through trauma, your relational wounds, your attachment wounds, your anxious attachment, your avoidant attachment, whatever attachment style you have. So attachment healing is the path forward. Attachment healing, building secure attachment, that is literally the key to making more money, to creating the business you want, to going to the program you want, to developing the partnership that you want, to attracting the soul line friendships that you want. It's the key to everything because it's the foundation that lives within you. We are attachment-based creatures. We are connection-based creatures. So if we are still playing small because of our attachments, then we are not going to build the lives. If we are playing small because of our attachments, we are not going to create the lives that we want to create. And that will require being with loss, being with pain, being with fear. And I get it. It's fucking painful, but life is painful. And the sooner that we can not only accept that, but show our nervous system that we're safe to be with that pain, we set ourselves free because we're no longer living our lives through these addictive behaviors, these maladaptive ways of coping, these defenses that's trying to protect us from feeling that pain. We have to outsmart our nervous system. We have to say, I know nervous system that you don't think it's safe to feel this pain, but I'm going to choose to lean into feeling it anyway, because that is freedom. Whereas if you're spending your entire life running away from your feelings, you will suffer. You will continue to suffer. And I don't want that. And I don't want that for you either. And I don't think you want that for you either. Else you would not be listening to this right now. So if you are ready to learn how to feel your feelings and process your trauma and get out of your head and into your body and create a life beyond your wildest dreams, like beyond what you can even comprehend is possible for you in this very moment, because trauma blocks you from even feeling safe to believe in magic. There are so many beautiful ways. So like I said, come home to yourself starts tomorrow, small, intimate group. 12 training modules where I teach you everything you need to know about healing anxious attachment, building secure attachment, having that reparative relational experience, that day-to-day co-regulation and attunement, helping you feel safe to relate from your adult self. And then I have my membership Beyond Your Wildest Dreams, which is weekly live trainings every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific. If you can't make it live, you have the replays, a group Uh, in a private Facebook group where you have community of other people who are doing this healing work. You have weekly journal prompts, you have meditations, groundings, you have support, attunement. The reason I chose weekly, originally my format was monthly and I switched it to weekly was because we need consistent attunement. We need regular consistent co-regulation and holding to be able to get your nervous system out of survival mode or else it won't feel safe to. And then last but not least, Real Men Heal, my three-month men's group healing program with my co-leader, Anna, is now open for enrollment. 
So again, very small, intimate group setting where you are seen and supported not only by me, but a group of others as well. So if you are interested in hearing more about any of the above, please DM me or head to the link in bio to apply. I love you all so much. Let me know if you have any questions after listening to this. If you catch the replay, just let me know. Let me know your takeaways, your questions. And it is such an honor to be here with you every episode, every live. I love talking about this stuff more than anything because this is how we create a new world that we actually feel safe to live in. What a concept. Love you guys. Mm-hmm.